Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved today. Great pleasure chatting with the operations director of our newer ingredients, Mr. Nigel Peters. How the devil are you? I'm very good, Lee. And, and how are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you very much. Really good. Thank you. We, uh, we, we met a good, I don't, might not be a good number of years ago, but a, a number of years ago, um, doing a course, didn't we, in, uh, in, in Milton Keynes, I think it was, or around that area. Um, yeah, I think it was, um, I want to say that it was probably 2015, 16, maybe. And, and you've not aged a single day in those six years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but for those people who don't know who Mr. Nigel Peters is, who is he? And how, how has he got to that seat today? Oh, wow. That's, that's a big question, isn't it? Um, do, you want the, do, you want the long, do you want the long-winded version or do you want the... I mean, you, you can probably skip, but skip birth. Um, okay. Yeah. Anything relevant from birth to today that you, you that you deem uh, relevant? Okay. Um, well, I've been in food manufacturing for, oh gosh, twenty five years. Uh, worked with five different companies in that twenty five years, wow. uh, including the one I'm in today. Um, and I fell into it by sheer luck. And I think that once I the door of food manufacturing and processes and and how how things are made have you seen the program how, how you know how is this made or our factory um so when i got indoors i was a two-week christmas temp that's yeah. how i got wow. got into food manufacturing and a friend of mine said uh oh, do you fancy do you want to fancy doing this gig down at uh, a factory there they, they need a couple of people for uh, for christmas for a couple of weeks I was like, oh well, I've got this. I've got this sales job that you know um, that I've got lined up, and it's you know I, I, I'm pretty good at sales, so I think I'll, I'll stick with that. And he said, oh come on, because you get a free hamper at Christmas. <laughs> so that was that was the reason why I went to this company. We're giving hampers out at Christmas. I thought, oh, for two weeks, a free hamper. Um, yeah, I suppose it's worth a gig. Twenty five years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so. I wow. kind of went through the ranks. So I was a, I was an agency temp for, uh, or a Christmas temp for two weeks. Uh, went through that whole process of working on the shop floor, um, being, um, uh, being working or working in different processes. So food manufacturing, packing, uh, warehouse, logistics. Uh, and, and, and as I kind of went through that journey, just got exposed to more and more of the, of the processes around how, how that supply chain works it just doesn't appear in a shop on you know by look there's a process and there's a number of people involved in that um so i kind of touched base with all of those over the years um and and i think the bit that um that has definitely been evident is as one door closes another one opens and and, and i'm not i'm not a career-minded individual so i still sit here with the title of ops director 
10, 15 years ago, I didn't see it and go, right, I want to be, I want to be a senior manager. I want to be a, an ops director. I want to look after a whole site. You know, none of that was ever in my remit. I just literally would just, what, whatever I was currently in, I just made sure I was good at it. Wow. Wow. Do you that see yourself it. as successful? Um, from a work perspective. Um, oh, it, it, uh, well, we'll just, I'll just leave it open just for the time being. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yes. I think yeah. the fact that I, I get up every day with a smile on my face. I love yeah. interacting with people. I love the job that I do. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that every day is a, is a winner, but in the grand scheme of things, I love, you know, everything I do about my job, previous jobs, and they've all been part of a journey to get to where I am today. So, um, yeah, uh, I would say that, that uh, yeah. I'm successful in, in what I do. What about out of work? Do you see yourself successful? Um, that's probably um, that's probably a different question in, in terms of work-life balance is really important. And I suppose throughout those 25 years, there have been times when I've got that wrong. Yeah. Um, and I've invested way too much into work um, um, and not so much into the, into the family time. And I've, I've addressed that now, but, um, but certainly there have been mismatches in that work-life balance. And I think we could all argue that we've, we've done that where we've been on emails at nine, 10 o'clock at night. We've worked on Saturday you know, at the weekend. Um, yeah. We've, we've canceled something that we had planned outside of work because something important inside of work was happening or needed to happen. So um, probably not got that balance as good as it, as it should be. Um, yeah. And I think most of us could, could agree to that. Yeah, no, no, completely, completely. I think it, it's, it, it's every, a lot of people that I speak to have got had that, that similar challenge. So I guess when you think about the word success, what does success mean to you? Being happy in what you do. Yeah. I think definitely is 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 important. Being happy in what you what you do is uh, something that gives you the energy, because when you're happy in what you do, then even if you have those those challenging days, they get you through it. And and I always um, I always liken um, and I've used this just recently actually. I, I work a lot on analogies um, or trying to tell a story that resonates with people so that it fits with, uh, with, within um, their psyche. So it, it yeah. kind of lands home more. And, and I, always, I always think about um, when you book a holiday and the holiday is in a year's time because it's the holiday of a lifetime and you can't just pay for it now and go now. You have to book it and, and plan for it and, and pick a day in the year. And it's it's a year or two years away. Um, and you're saving and putting money aside because it's uh, a you know, really expensive holiday. So there is that kind of vision of yeah. success. When I get to that holiday, that yeah. is going to be, um, it's going to be brilliant. I can't wait to get there, but it's not here. It's over there and I need to get to it. And then when your best mate rings you on a Friday night and says, friends are coming out for a few jars and going to the footy or, or going, going out on the town or, or doing something that, that is going to cost a bit of money, you kind of go, 
really would love to go, but I can't because I've got this vision in the future that is saying um, that's that's what good looks like, and I'm and I'm saving for it. And so you feel a bit of pain in the here and now. So you ring and say, unfortunately, I can't make it because I I need to put some money aside. So yeah. I'm saving really hard on something. So you kind of hit a bit of pain on the Friday night, but it gets you through it because you know what's coming down the track. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it does. It does. And so you have these peaks and troughs of uh, even though that Friday disappointment, if you like, is a disappointment and something that didn't that wasn't a positive or a success. Actually, that that um, unsuccessful element of that particular day or part of the week is because there's going to be a bigger success uh, down the line. Yeah, so, no, I, that's how I, so that's how I that's how I gauge some things, and it and it gets you through around. You know, it supports that journey. Yes, yeah. No, when you when you were going through that, I was thinking of about how many times have I gone out for a pint on a Friday night instead of saying no because it and, and it's got in the way of me maybe achieving what I've wanted to achieve or, or getting to where I've wanted to get to because um, the shiny object. The, um, yeah. the 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 beer on a Friday night has has been in the moment has been what I thought I wanted more, but then on reflection, it hasn't. So yeah, I think it's um yeah, I think it's a really good analogy, really good analogy. When you when you started um, telling us about your journey, um, you said by luck you fell into food manufacturing. Why? And I understand by luck the hamper and stuff. Do you feel lucky? Um, no, it's look. Yes, it's a phrase, I suppose, a, a by look, and and I'll probably put a little bit more meat on that. So, so, so I, you know, I had this two week window of uh, of doing something, and I got the hamper, and I was like, oh, it's happy days. And then um, they wanted to, so they extended the contract. So, like, we're going to take a number of people on, and it's uh, and it's for, for six months. Now, the the bit that I didn't tell you about is so so me and my friend, um, you know, we we're there for two weeks, and. He was on one in one part of the factory, and I was in another part of the factory. He was laying pastry onto a conveyor belt. Yeah, that was his job—just laying pastry onto a conveyor conveyor belt. And I was over at a hopper with rubber gloves up to my armpits, handballing um, pork meat into a into a hopper, and literally just handballing this meat into a hopper. You know, onions and garlic and whatnot. And I was looking over at him, and he was just going. Yeah. Two weeks we get a hamper, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> "This wasn't my this wasn't my um, my um, thoughts of what good looks like." So, but actually, I spun it on its head um, because I realised, and I worked out quite quickly that you can only put so much in the hopper, um, and then you, I would go and get another bin and wait for it to empty. And then I realised that actually, if I fill this hopper as quick as possible, take it back to the buttery, get the get the next bin ready. I had 15 to 20 minutes where I didn't have to do anything. Yeah. So then I started walking around and just having a, uh, just having a sort of mosey around the factory and walking up to my mate who couldn't walk off because he was tied to the line because he was on the conveyor belt. And, I, and he was looking at me and I was just wandering around going back to him yeah. saying, actually, <laughs> I've cracked it. And what, and what I actually did was I started watching the, um, uh, the team leader at the time and I was saying, oh, what does that what, what does that button do? Oh, this slows the guillotine down. Oh, what is this? Oh, this speeds the conveyor up. Oh, okay. 
And what you're writing down on there, oh, this is traceability. I didn't know anything about traceability or you know, anything like this. So oh, I'm writing down the traceability and I have to do that every hour and I'm writing down the lot number. And so that kind of the relationship built over time. And then she'd say, oh, no, to do this, I'm just dipping to the toilet. Could you just keep an eye on things? So of course, you know, I'm six months in and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just looking after the line. Yeah. Not, nothing happened, you know, five minutes and sure anyway, and came back and then and that that progressed probably for I don't know, another eight or nine months of just doing that kind of task and by then I think I was I was made permanent and then one particular one particular night she um she didn't turn in she, she was off sick um and no one knew how to run the line and she, oh Sue's off and uh, what you know what we're going to do for the factory man as well we're going to have to shut the line and I was sat at the back going really nervous you know going, oh, I know how to run it she showed me how to run it and then uh, and then I just sort of put my hand up and I said oh Sue's been showing me how to run it I know I know how to run the line and this was back in the day before the times when you needed to be signed off and to risk yeah. assessed and health and safety and that you know just got thrown in the deep end um and and the factory manager and this is where I say by luck or you know there's a fork in the road there isn't there yeah um, where he says well we can't do that we'll just have to shut the line down or he kind of pragmatically says, what we've got to lose, you know, we've got a big order that goes out in the morning. Let's give him an hour and see how he gets on. Now, by luck, nothing happened. There was no breakdowns. There was no issues. The, the line just ran as a dream. Um, made about 200,000 sausage rolls. And uh, and I think that's where the turning point happened, where the, 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 you know, the, the management team said, oh, this kid probably uh, has got something about him. Um, so... You know, wow. there's a bit more to the story, but that's so I kind of made my look by yes. being proactive by asking, "What does that do? And what does this do? And what's this for?" and uh, and being inquisitive. Yeah, and you always so been inquisitive and curious. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, sort of of the last prior to this role, I was uh, head of continuous improvement uh, or NOAA. So, um, and I always, uh, I've always had that mind of, "Why does that do that?" or why is it doing it that way and not this way? Or how did it work yesterday, but it's not working today? Or why wasn't it working yesterday? It's like when sometimes the engineers will come to me and say, it's all fixed. And I went, oh, okay, what was the root cause? I don't know, it just, it's just, all, it's all right now. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, no, it's not all right now. It's going yeah. to come back and bite you in the rear um, when you're not expecting it. We need to find out why is it all right now? If you've had no interaction with to making it, to making it all right now, then we need to find out what has has changed so yeah. i've always been inquisitive when i when i was younger my first ever watch that my parents brought me was a timex watch i was about eight years old um and i, I took it apart to see how it ticked yeah yeah I I can see that. and i mean and i mean took it apart wow. to the point where i didn't know how to put it back together again because i literally just took it all apart oh take that off and what does that do and why does it why does it move like that and what's making it move and so yeah, that Christmas present lasted about. <laughs> <laughs> What's kept you in food manufacturing for twenty five years, Nigel? Um, I just love it. I just love working with the people. I think I'm a people person. So taking something and making it better, taking a process and making it better, taking a person uh, and developing them so that they become better. Uh, uh, so the two go hand in hand. People in process, 
working better than what they currently are um, is certainly something in my later careers is, is something that I've definitely it's definitely kept me in the game longer. But you, but you can do that in in, in any organisation in any sector have got processes and, and people. But is there is there anything or, or what is it that's that's kept you? Because you've used the word love a few times when you've um yeah, when you're talking about your role and your journey and, and stuff. What is it about food manufacturing in particular? No, it's a good point about, and maybe the word food isn't per se the, the the kicker or the trigger. It's just the manufacturing and the process. So it could be a manufacturing of barbarians or, you know, or, or parts or, you know, cars or, or whatever it might be. Um, so it's just the fact that I've just always been in food. Um, yeah. There have been a couple of occasions where I could have come out of food and still had that same kind of process. So uh, packaging companies, um, there was a job in early. I nearly took before I come into this one actually, um, but um, I didn't, uh, and I chose this. So it's more the processes and people, as opposed to the food processing people. Yeah. So for somebody that started as a two-week temp because of the lure of a, a ham, a Christmas hamper, <laughs> yeah. that um, a few years later became ops director. Um, and is somebody by their own admission that says that they're not ambitious um, and they were they're like what is one door closed one door opened what is the um, the secret of your of your journey to to get to where you are how how have you been able to progress <clears throat> to to the level that you're at um, always challenge yourself so don't tick the box to say this is what I'm good at. So I'm going to stay what I'm good at. It's, it's use those skills to um, give yourself a foundation, but then to, uh, to give yourself some stretch around development. So what is it that I'm not good at? Um, what is it that I need to be good at? Cause there are two, there are two different things. So when you go into a new role or a new business, there'll be things that you know that you need to be good at. And then there'll be things that you, that, that may complement um, a, a current position but not necessary and I think some some people choose not to complement it further and some people choose to complement it and even go past and surpass that and be experts at it we talk about SMEs you know they, they just become good at something and then and then take it a step further and become you know experts at it uh, so so that that's that's definitely one passion um, absolutely passionate. I have a you know high work ethic, um, but passionate about what I do. Um, yeah, they're probably some of the key. Yeah, yeah. And what's yeah. Um, when we talk about leadership? Uh, what does leadership mean to you? Um, uh, taking people on a journey, supporting those around you. Um, it was, a, it was a, a course I went on a few years ago, and it's probably the best analogy that I've ever seen about leadership that, that sticks with me. And, and every time somebody that, like yourself or anybody else asks me a, a question about leadership, that analogy jumped straight into my head. Um, and I'll put it this way. is um, Sometimes as a leader, you need to be in front of your pack, clearing the way, being visionary, making the, the way ahead uh, or the path ahead um, as trouble-free as possible. 
um, whether that's around strategy, whether that's around vision, whether that's around the next steps. Then there needs to be an element where you're part, part of the team. And so you're actually sat <clears throat> within the team uh, as the leader. And what you're saying there is, um, I'm here to support. I'm allowing you and on the same journey as you. And then there's a time when you sit at the back of the team and, and you're saying, I'm empowering you and I want you to do the, the, the work and develop and be empowered whilst I sit and support from, 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 the, from the back. So this is a piece of being sat at the front, being sat yeah. within or being sat behind. Yeah, I love that. How, do you, how Have you managed to find that? Oh, in fact, <coughs> let me ask the actual question. Have you managed to find the right balance for you um, doing the, between the three? And how do you know when, when maybe actually now you shouldn't be at the front, you should be in the pack or you should actually be at the back rather than in the pack? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, and I think, look, as you, as, as you become more senior in certain roles, um, there is less of the doing that you can do with the day-to-day. -day. And um, somebody told me once that um, you're like a, it's like being um, in an orchestra and, and you're leading the orchestra and you're there with the baton and you're, and you're almost playing the music of your team and, and directing and supporting. And from time to time, <clears throat> you can drop into the orchestra and you can play the trumpet or you can play the clarinet or you can play one or two of the of the instruments but you can't play them all yeah you can't play all of them and this is where you're and so i think sometimes knowing when to be orchestrating and when to be in the orchestra playing along yeah got you got you um and you just spoke to thought actually so I, I ran a poll on linkedin um about a couple of months ago now um asking change people what was the number one um obstacle when delivering change and 65 percent of them said leadership buy-in and where i'm going with this is you're you're a person that's had a change role and as a head of um of continuous improvement who is now on the other side of the fence in the ops director um, role. So you are seen, um, maybe not, not internally, but you are seen in, in, based on this study as the, as the main blocker to, uh, to delivering change success, when previously you were trying to engage leadership <clears throat> in, in buying in. How have you found that transition? And has being the head of CI helped you or hindered you doing what you do? 100% um, helped uh, and, and is not a hindrance. And I suppose it's because I've sat on both sides of the fence. So um, I, I've, I've had the frustrations of trying to take leaders on the journey. And now as a leader, I'm, I'm almost open-armed <clears throat> saying, show me the journey, show me, show me how I can support. Um, so I, it's, part, it's part of my trait, which is, you know, change, will always happen has it has to as as you evolve as a company as a person as a society if you just go back every 10 15 20 years about what we do today to what we did 10 years ago 15 years ago 20 years programs we watched 10 years ago 15 years 20 rules and regulations that we thought were fine and okay 20 30 years ago that we look back on today and go 
well, how do we even think that was acceptable or how do we even think that was the right thing to do? Because it was at the time, because we knew nothing different. So, so for me, it's about being agile and flexible. It's not about getting people ready to change and taking them on a journey. It's about getting people agile and flexible so that they're ready all the time for when change happens. So as somebody that has been trying to, uh, in your previous role, trying to, to, to get the leadership team to, to, um, to, to buy in to that change journey, and now being on the other side of the fence and, and welcoming it, what words of advice do you have to change professionals or to um, senior leaders about what they should be doing different to now? Depends, it depends what the challenges are, I suppose. Um, so it's, it's quite a generic question because it, it's, it's trying to answer something that covers everything. But if uh, I suppose certainly the, the communication, and we all talk about this, but that, that communication piece is really, really important. And, and I think conversing with each other around what's coming down the track is really important and I, and I alluded to earlier about being ahead of the pack sort of going ahead and finding out what's around the corner um i mentioned it yesterday to somebody i said sometimes when you're on a journey it's never a straight road you know the the the, the road to to the end is never straight it's full of um curves and bends um peaks and troughs and and you sit at the start line and you look ahead and you see the first bend and you don't know what's around the corner and you're like, I have no idea what's around the corner. I need to get some more data or I need to get some more information. Or, I need to find out what's around the corner. And actually what, what you have to do is start the journey and say, so what I can tell is I know from the start line to the bend, what that looks like, cause I can see it. So let's, let's prepare for that. And then when we get to the bend, we're in a position to see what's around the corner. And then we can then make the next decision and then decide what's next until we reach another bend or another peak or another trough. And, and I think having that agility and flexibility and confidence that says that we can prepare ourselves by starting the journey and then we, we will flex accordingly when we get to any challenges uh, is definitely something that um, people should absorb rather than yeah. just, I need to know everything. I need to know everything. Um, before I before I even decide that this is going to be uh, a runner, yeah, yeah, no, love that, love that, and the the communication and collaboration and the, the, when you when you articulated that right at the start, it was about both parties being supportive of each other or collaborative, or clear communication because they're ultimately trying to achieve the same goal. Um, yeah. But but often, uh, and what I've seen in different organisations is 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 some change people have got what they believe the goal is, and then the um, the, uh, the ops leaders or department leaders believe that they've got what their goals and, and they might be in a little bit of conflict because they're only looking yeah. at it from, from from where from where they are at that point in time. No, no, good, good, really good. So when you said when you started your journey right at the beginning, you said, um, oh, you you could have gone into sales, but you chose the hamper in the two weeks. Yeah. If you if you were to give yourself <laughs> a piece of advice, knowing what you know now, yeah. to that to that um, the young Nigel at that time. What advice would you give yourself? 
probably not to change anything. Not not to change a journey. Now, look, have, have I made mistakes? Absolutely. Um, could I have done th some things different? Absolutely. But I think that I'm not a huge, I'm not a believer in fate and things happen for a reason, but I think that you're on a journey and those journeys are depicted by crossroads and by forks in the road and you get to a fork and you make a decision and a bit like the factory manager he got to a fork in the road was do I shut down the plant or do I or do I let this kid have a go you know that they're, they're elements that happen and I think that if we were to go back through all of our lives and try and put the wrongs right or the things that we thought weren't very good then we're trying to create that straight road that I was talking about um, and actually it's a bit like the analogy about the the holiday in a year's time there's going to be peaks and troughs to get to it um but when you get to it it's going to be great and and you've had to make some sacrifices along the way but it was worth it uh and so yeah i wouldn't change anything yeah i love that i love it. you you spoke a lot about a steve jobs quote and i think he said um something along the lines of you can only join the dots looking backwards you can't join them looking forwards because you don't know what what is yeah. beyond that bend that is in front of you, but only when you look back over the journey can you go, actually, went from here to here to here to here. And you're dead right. It's not a, not a straight a straight journey. Um, no. What for you? So if, if somebody was at the start of their career, in manufacturing career now, um, what would you say about a career in manufacturing? Oh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm speaking from, so there's a little bit of bias here, but, you know, I've, I've had a great... Um, yeah. Uh, a great journey so far <clears throat> and and I genuinely have loved it I've worked with some amazing people uh, worked with some some fantastic companies and and if you if you find the opportunity to get into manufacturing then you've got to give it a, you know give it a go give it your all because and not just in manufacturing anything in life we do is um, if we if we don't give it a hundred percent we can never we can never truly say that that was or wasn't the best i gave it you know if we, we you almost have to say i could have done no better than that yeah and if i if i could do no better and i find out that i don't like it then then fine um but i i would say definitely um give it your all be inquisitive certainly be inquisitive ask the questions be curious um I, I, Tell you another thing as well um, is be be comfortable about being uncomfortable. Yeah. Be comfortable about being uncomfortable. I remember years and years ago, I was in a I was in a meeting and I was very junior, and there were some big hitters, if you like, in the room. You know, senior managers, executives in the room, and there was little old me in the back of the room, <clears throat> and I had this question, and I wanted to ask this question. And I and I and I didn't. I just I bottled it. I was like, oh, they're going to think it's a stupid question. I'm just not going to. Maybe I should. And I and I had this inner voice telling me, "Don't do it, Nigel. Don't do it." And then the other inner voice going, "Yeah, but, yeah, but it's a great question." And I think and no one's asking. I can't believe no one's asking this question. And it seems so obvious. And I was probably for about five minutes having this inner conversation with myself about why I should and why I shouldn't say it. And then I, and I, and I didn't, and I said, wow, all these people in the room are very clever and well-seasoned individuals. If they've not said it, then it can't be important. 
because why would I have to say have this question and no one else have it? Yeah. And so I didn't. Um, and then somebody said it um, about an hour later, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's a fantastic idea! Wow, I can't believe we've not thought about that." And it became a, a huge, uh, a huge action um, in the project. So, and I remember going, "Darn it! I was going to say that, and I should have said that, and I never." Um, and there was, there's a phrase that sticks in my head, which is um, five minutes um, of nervousness is worth more than a lifetime of frustration. So here I am, 20 years later, wow. still resonating about a question that I never had asked that I should have done. Yeah. And so be inquisitive, get comfortable with being uncomfortable um yeah because you know it'll open more doors yeah i love that i love that and yeah and you just don't know where those doors are going to lead um no matter no matter what it is that you do no fantastic i've just a couple more questions tonight um okay what, what are you having for your tea tonight uh, if you'd have asked me yesterday i would have been all yeah. posh because i think you said you know it's it, you know uh, if it's if it's dinner or if it's tea um yeah you know, Oh, was, it, was, it, was it dinner last night? Uh, so I went out, I went out, a friend of mine uh, who was staying over because uh, I work away from home and I'm away for a few days. Um, and um, so we went out to an Italian restaurant. I had calamari as a starter and uh, chorizo risotto um, for Maine. Uh, but tonight it'll probably just be egg on toast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there's there's those balances if you'd asked me yesterday it would have been all yeah. glorious you asked me today it's something totally different and, yeah and who, who, the... who knows what answers yeah. um, no perfect perfect no thank, thank you i just want to say nice thank you very much for your openness your honesty uh the conversation today and the, and the value that you've shared if people want to know uh, more about mr peters uh where's the best place for him to go to, to know a little bit more about you oh come and hit me up at linkedin um I post every now and again I was going to say that I, I have a well I do have a TikTok account but that, that's it I have an account um <laughs> yeah um Instagram Facebook all the norms but uh, yeah probably from a professional perspective uh, uh LinkedIn have you done a TikTok lip, lip sync or dance yet I did it before it used to be called TikTok remember when it was um what was it called before it used to have a, a, another name before that dub smash or something like that I think it was well, well, yeah, there you go. Hey, no, yeah. Um, so yeah, probably about five or six years ago, uh, yeah. maybe even longer. Yeah, uh, amazing. But, amazing. But yeah, but I haven't done. I haven't done. What about you? Have you? Um, yeah, I've, I've got. Um, I've, I've I've done one lip sync so far. I'm only. I'm, at the point of recording this, I'm six days into to my TikTok journey. I'm going to try to post every single day um, and just just see where it goes. I'm posting business stuff as opposed to lip sync and dancing, partly because so I, I used to DJ. And the reason why I used to DJ is because I can't dance or sing. Um, so, so TikTok really isn't for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying anyway, giving it a whirl, yeah. seeing what happens, seeing what happens. Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing, Lee? Oh, go on. You're getting comfortable at being uncomfortable. I am indeed. I, yeah. yeah, I am indeed. No, perfect. Honestly, Mr. Peters, thank you so much for, uh, for, for agreeing to, to chat with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to catch up and, uh, and good luck with everything that you've got going on. Hey, it's, it's been my pleasure, Liam. Thanks for having me and uh, enjoy the rest of the day and uh, have a great Christmas if I don't speak to you before then. Uh, cheers, Nigel. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. 
You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.